Krishna, Krishna, Hare, Hare, Krishna, Krishna, Hare, Hare, Krishna, Krishna, Hare, 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 Rama, 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 Hare, Hare. Welcome to These Are the Words. Thank you so much for joining in, and uh, I will continue in Chapter 3 of The Struggle for the Birthright by God's Kingdom Ministries. <laughs> uh, let me play for you a little bhajan. Govinda, Bhaja Govinda by Ari Shankara. Ari Shankara. Jacob's blessing upon Judah. Judah's blessing is given in Genesis 49, 8 through 12, where we, where we read, <laughs> Judah, your brothers shall praise you. Judah means praise. The word, the name Judah means praise. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies your father's sons shall bow down to you your father's sons shall bow down to you judah is a lion's whelp a lion's whelp is a lion cub right judah is a lion's whelp from the prey from the prey, my son, you have gone up. He couches. In Hebrew, the word is rabats. He couches. Rabats. Or to crouch or recline. To crouch or recline. Rabats means to crouch or recline. So he reclines or he crouches. It says here, he uses, they use the word couches. He couches. He lies down as a lion. And as a lion, who dares rouse him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah. Judah means praise. The scepter shall not depart from Judah. Nor the ruler's staff 
from between his feet, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until Shiloh comes. Until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. He ties his, his he ties his foal to the vine. He ties his foal to the vine, and his donkey's colt to the choice vine. He washes his garments in wine. He washes his garments in wine, and his robes in the blood of grapes, and his robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes are dull. In Hebrew, it is shakil, shaklil, shaklil. His eyes are dull, shaklil, dark or bloodshot. From wine, and his teeth white from milk. <laughs> so we see here, Judah is praise. Like reclining, praise, praise, praise. He is drunk with, with worship. He is drunk with praise. He is drunk. He is drunk. We see here that Judah was given the scepter. He is also compared to a lion. Which became Judah's national symbol on its banners. Hence, also we read of Christ in Revelations five five, pictured as the lion that is from the tribe of Judah. We also see that the lion would crouch or lie down. This pictures prophetically the death of Jesus Christ, the only one who dares to rouse him up, is the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead. Romans eight eleven. Samson's riddle of the dead lion. This same fear of the dead lion. Being raised from the dead is set forth in the riddle of Samson in Judges 14. Samson killed a lion with his bare hands by the power of God. Judges 14:5-6. And later, some bees made a hive in the lion's dead carcass. Samson took honey. From that hive, ate some, ate some, and gave some to his parents. And gave some to his parents. And gave some to his parents. Soon afterward. He went to Timnah to his seven-day wedding feast because he intended to marry a Philistine woman who lived in Timnah. In Timnah, 
at the beginning of the feast, he proposed a riddle to the Philistines. He proposed a riddle to the Philistines. If they could solve it, he would give each of his thirsty friends a new garment. He would give each of his friends. He would give. He would give each of his friends a new garment. He would give each of his friends a new garment. If they can solve it, he would give each of his of his thirty friends, his thirty friends, a new garment. But if they could not solve the riddle, they each were to give Samson a new garment. <laughs> so. This is like, this is like the way God plays with us too. He lets us have fun, like He wants us to have fun. You know, Samson is having fun with his friends. The riddle is given in Judges fourteen fourteen. The riddle is given in Judges fourteen fourteen. Out of the eater came something to eat. Out of the eater came something to eat, and out of the strong came something sweet. Out of the eater came something to eat, and out of the strong came something sweet. In Judges fourteen fourteen, that's the riddle. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. The Philistines could not figure out the meaning of the riddle because they had not seen the dead lion, out of whose death came honey. Out of whose death? Came honey. <laughs> Nor did they know its meaning, that the secret of the promised land, flowing with milk and honey, was by seeing the dead lion of Judah, who was delivered up because of our transgressions, and was raised because of our justification. Romans four twenty five. The revelation of the riddle would bring the reward of new garments, the garments of salvation. Isaiah 61:10. Paul speaks of these garments as a tabernacle, with which he, with which we desire to be clothed, so that we might obtain immortality. 2 Corinthians 5:14. This story then is another prophecy of how to be saved and to be granted immortality.
clothed with a new and glorified body. This is actually the purpose of the Feast of Tabernacles, which we described in chapter seven of our book, The Laws of the Second Coming. Samson's riddle tells us how to interpret Jacob's blessing upon Judah. Judah was to bring forth the King Messiah, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, who would die and be raised from the dead. That was Judah's calling, and Jesus was indeed born of the tribe of Judah. Hence, Judah fulfilled its calling, but we cannot expect Judah to bring forth the message of sonship. For that is reserved for Joseph. Nor did Judah have the right to use the birthright name of Israel, that had been given to the sons of Joseph. The breach in the kingdom, the separation of the dominion mandate from the fruitfulness mandate, sowed the seeds of the breach. That was to come upon the nation of Israel after the death of Solomon. Solomon may have been the wisest man that ever lived, but he was not mature enough in his character to use his wisdom wisely. For this reason, he became very corrupt, and with this came utter foolishness. He loved to build the people. To support his building project, after Solomon died, the people came to his son Rehoboam and asked that he reduce the tax burden upon the people. Rehoboam inquired of his sons, advised him to reduce the tax load. The young advisers, however, advised him to increase the taxes and not allow the people to dictate his policies. This caused a breach in the kingdom, where ten tribes revolted against Rehoboam, and set up their own and set up their own nation with their own king, an Ephraimite named Jeroboam. This had been prophesied in First Kings eleven twenty-eight to thirty-nine by the prophet Ahijah, Ahijah or Ahijah. Then Ahijah. Ahijah took hold of the new cloak which was on him, and tore it into twelve pieces. And he said to Jeroboam, "Take for yourself ten pieces, for thus says the Lord, the God of Israel: Behold, I will tear the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon, and give you." Ten tribes. Nevertheless, I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand, but I will make him ruler all the days of his life, for the sake of my servant David, whom I chose, who observed my commandments and my statutes. But I will take the kingdom from his son's hand and give it to you, even 
ten tribes and give it to you, to even ten tribes. That was to uh, Ahijah, yeah. And he said to Jeroboam, yeah. Okay. Take note, especially, that it was the kingdom, quote unquote, the, that God removed from the king of Judah. From the king of Judah. This constituted a separation of the king from the kingdom. This was the great breach in the land. Because the ten tribes included the tribes of Joseph, Ephraim, and Manasseh, who were the custodians of the name Israel, the ten tribes nation of the north were the ones who were legally allowed to use this birthright name. Hence, they were called the house of Israel, while the southern two tribes, Judah and Benjamin, could only be called the house of Judah. This is very important. From this point on, the prophets speak of, the, of these distinct nations by their official names. When they speak of the northern tribes, they refer to them as the house of Israel. When they speak of the southern two tribes, they refer to them as the house of Judah. The prophets never confuse the two when prophesying of the separate destinies of these two nations. Historically speaking, the other foreign nations also considered Israel and Judah to be distinct nations and also referred to them under different names. Commercial. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Yeah, uh, most nations knew the northern house of Israel, not by the name of Israel, but by the name of the builder of Samaria, King Omri. In those days, this king's name was actually pronounced Gomer or Gomri. The Assyrians, who later deported Israel, called them officially Beth Gomri or Beth Gomri, House of Omri. This is the name as it appears on the black obelisk of Shal Shalmaneser. The Assyrian king who conquered Samaria, 2 Kings 18.9. These Qumri later migrated into the largely uninhabited forests of Europe where they were known as the Celts, Saxons and by other names as well. They formed the bulk of the European population. For a more complete study of the names of Israel in their captivity and how they migrated under those names into Europe, see William Bennett's book, 
The story of Kelto-Saxon Israel, the black obelisk of Shalmaneser, is discussed, complete with pictures and text, in Appendix 2 of that book. Israel went into an Assyrian captivity and never returned to the old land. Judah was to go into a Babylonian captivity for just 70 years and then return so that the Messiah could be born at the appointed place in Bethlehem of Judea. Micah 5.2 The destiny of the house of Israel was to fulfill the birthright. The destiny of the house of Israel was to fulfill the birthright. The destiny of the southern house of Judah was to bring forth the King Messiah. The destiny of the house of Israel the destiny of the house of Israel was to fulfill the birthright. The destiny of the house of Israel was to fulfill the birthright. The destiny of the southern house of Judah was to bring forth the King Messiah. In Christ's first coming, he came of the tribe of Judah born in Bethlehem, the city of David, in order to fulfill Judah's calling as the Messiah. But in his second coming, he must come in a different manner to fulfill the birthright calling of the house of Israel and bring many sons into glory. We have already discussed this in full in chapters 10 and 11 of our book, The Laws of the Second Coming. So we will not pursue this further. Two fig trees of Judah. Two fig trees of Judah. The tribe of Judah consisted of two types of Judites, good and bad. The good side of Judah was to receive the dominion mandate, while the bad side was to be rejected by God. This picture fully emerges in the prophecies of Jeremiah. The main portrait of these two trees is found in Jeremiah 24, which speaks of the nation of Judah being like two baskets of figs. One basket contained very good figs. The other contained very rotten figs that could not be eaten. Jeremiah tells us of these in the first verses of Jeremiah 24. After Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had carried away captive Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and the officials of Judah, with the craftsmen and smiths from Jerusalem, and had brought them to Babylon, the Lord showed me, behold, two baskets 
of figs. And the other basket had very bad figs. One basket had very good figs. Behold, two baskets of figs set before the temple of the Lord. Set before the temple of the Lord. One basket had very good figs. Like the first ripe figs. Like first ripe figs. And the other basket had very bad figs, which could not be eaten due to rottenness. God then told the prophet the explanation of this revelation. The basket of good figs were those men of Judah who submitted to the judgment of God and who went to Babylon into captivity. God said that he would bring them back to the land and give them a heart to know me. God said that he would bring them back to the land and give them a heart to know me. 24-7. Jeremiah 24-7. The basket of bad figs, however, represented those men of Judah who refused to submit to the king of Babylon. That is, they refused to submit to the judgment of God. God said of these figs, God said of these figs, But like the bad figs which cannot be eaten due to rottenness, indeed, thus says the Lord, so I will abandon Zedekiah king of Judah and his officials and the remnant of Jerusalem who remain in this land and the ones who dwell in the land of Egypt, and I will make them a terror and an evil for all the kingdoms of the earth, as a reproach and a proverb, a taunt and a curse, in all places where I shall scatter them. And I will send the sword, the famine, and the pestilence upon them until they are destroyed from the land which I gave to them and their forefathers." and to their forefathers. What a contrast! The fig tree was, of course, the symbol of the nation of Judah, but it is apparent that the two baskets of figs came from two different fig trees. Jesus clearly saw both types of Judites in his day, for he said in Matthew 7, 17-20, Even so, Every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. The good tree brought forth good fruit. The bad tree bore bad fruit. Both are of Judah, but there was a clear division between the people represented by these trees. The good figs were those who accepted him as the Messiah. The bad figs rejected him. Jeremiah said that the good figs submitted to the judgment of God against the nation by willingly going to Babylon for 70 years. The bad figs disagreed with God's judgment for their sin 
and decided to fight the army of King Nebuchadnezzar. This is clear from a simple reading of Jeremiah 24-30. Divine Judgment for Disobedience divine judgment for disobedience the divine law said in Deuteronomy 17 9 through 12 that the people were to obey the verdict of the priests when they stood to judge the people according to God's law verse 12 says and the man who acts presumptuously by not listening to the priest who stands there to serve the Lord your God, nor to the judge, that man shall die for unrepentance and contempt of court. Thus you shall purge the evil from Israel. Jeremiah was one of the priests of Anantot, Anatot, sorry, Jeremiah was one of the priests of Anatoth, Jeremiah 1 to 1. God used him to pronounce judgment upon the nation of Judah in seven, nine, uh, seven, chapter 7, nine, verse 9 through 15, with these words, Will you steal, murder, and commit adultery, and swear falsely? and offer sacrifices to Baal and walk after other gods that you have not known then come and stand before me in this house which is called by my name and say we are delivered that you may do all these abominations yeah Okay. All right. I'm going to end it here. I'll pick it up next time, folks. Okay. Thank you very much.